0: Okay everyone, welcome to the Respect the Math podcast brought to you by Reliable Tech Help. For all your IT needs, call Reliable Tech Help at 502-797-7399 or visit our website at reliabletechhelp.com. That's reliable tech T E K help.com. I'm your host Digital David Snyder here at the Respect the Math podcast. We talk about everything from technology to business, science, popular culture and more. Basically the things that I'm interested in because I'm kind of selfish that way. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and podcast apps from Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, and others. Please interact with us online, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share our content. We would love to hear from you. Today, our guest is Coral Albud. Welcome. Thank you. Coral has a uh, company called Willow Tree Imaging. And we will be talking about that. That You are—you describe yourself as Louisville's only female corporate photographer. Is that that's right? That's
1: right. Good memory. I remember
0: that being part of your pitch when I heard that. So um, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks. And tell us about Willow Tree Imaging.
1: Yeah. So I, as you mentioned, I'm Louisville's only woman-owned corporate photographer. So um, certified minority-owned business. So that's that's helpful for mm-hmm. anyone who wants to work with me. Um, But yeah, I primarily work with businesses in their image, and that can be photography or it can be in their brand overall, so kind of upstream of their marketing, helping them get their brand defined and cleaned up and um, organized in a way that they can execute their marketing more easily.
0: Yeah, and you use the word imaging, so it's not just photography. I'm sure you do some design work and also...
1: That's right. Well, the morphing of that, I mean, geez, I've been doing this for 13 years now. And I started out with the name Willow Tree Photography. Um, And this was back, I mean, 13 years ago when you named your business after inanimate objects. (laughs) Now photographers just name their business after themselves. Joe Davis photographer. (laughs) But it's okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's okay uh, because I do so much more than photography. um, And I have had folks help me with things. So it's probably best that it's not just centered around me. But I did change my company name from photography to imaging three years ago because I found that the majority of what i was helping businesses with was more their their brand image okay. and their brand strategy i do certainly still provide the corporate photography but there's a huge need for someone to kind of help businesses in that way
0: yeah give us a quick rundown give us some bullet points so we do uh, obviously photography mm-hmm. and then we do brand brand, brand strategy brand yeah. strategy mm-hmm. okay what else
1: yeah I mean, those are the main two things. Now, brand strategy, how that executes is very complicated. There's a lot of different ways that that can flesh out. But those are kind of the main two things that I help businesses with. Okay. So,
0: and I refer to a client of mine, Eric, uh, sent it to you. And you can yeah. definitely do some things to help enhance his brand, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: yeah, being able to kind of just take a look at a business owner, business thought leader, solopreneur, whoever it may be, Being able to just take a look at everything they have going on in their marketing, um, whether it's their website or their Facebook page or their LinkedIn or their reviews, whatever they have going on to step in and give that kind of global perspective. Say, hey, here's where you're executing beautifully. Here's, you know, here's where everything looks good. It's consistent or, oh, no, (laughs) If I didn't know you, I would think these were different businesses. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like your logo's different here than it is here. And this picture is not the same as this. But, you know, like there's really not anyone that's just having that objective, fresh eye on businesses and just offering to be a sounding board. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a niche that I definitely hold where I'm not selling websites or selling direct mail or selling you know virtual services in that way Um, but I just kind of come in as a support to the business owner or the solopreneur and really passionate about that whether I'm just giving them the peace of mind that hey you're doing really good you're on the right track Mm -hmm. you know keep going and they're like oh good you know or uh Hey, your website looks amazing. Wouldn't recommend any changes, but um, ditch the Facebook page. You don't need that. Your audience is not on fit. You're creating more work for yourself. You know. Yeah. Um, I like to come in and offer that consultation and just give the peace of mind and give guidance. And um, And if they have needs with creating consistency or maybe they don't have a brand guide or maybe they just have no plan, they need someone to create a plan for them. That then someone in-house can execute. Those are the ways that I like to step in and just help.
0: I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you elaborated there because it's not just um, brand strategizing and photography. I took some notes here. You're going to advise them on their web presence, their social media presence, uh, their reviews. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming like Google mm-hmm. business page reviews, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. Facebook reviews. It's a comprehensive suite of um, services you can offer to kind of take a, a look at their their entire um, their branding um, in, a, yeah. in a generic sense, but you can break that down into individual categories to where you can say, okay, like you said, you're strong here, you're weak, weak here. Let's right, um, right. And then you mentioned, you, you mentioned uh, in the Facebook example, like your customers on a Facebook, people need to know what their audience is, right? Yes. And yes. they need to steer their resources. And most people have scarce resources, whether it's time and or money yes. they can devote toward yes. towards it. I would, I would think that's a really good value you can add oh
1: my goodness yes 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 but it's not a lot of people are not they need that but they're not necessarily aware that anyone offers that service because i i don't know anyone else in louisville who does yeah it sounds (laughs) like a nice little
0: niche you have for yourself do you you collaborate with any web people or social media people
1: i do yes so i have i mean i i know probably 25 different web developers in the city and i um I have three that I've worked with on different projects and they're all kind of in different price ranges. So depending on what the client's needs are, what their budget is, um, I I like to refer to the people that I know are really caring for that person or that business with the same altruistic goals that I have, um, that we really align on brand and philosophy in that way Mm -hmm. is there's so many, there's so many people out there that are, um, you know, peddling websites or whatnot that aren't taking the time to ask the questions. Like, yeah. hey, who's your audience? Hey, what sets you apart from your competitors? What's what's the edge that you have? What are your goals for your business? Where do you want to be? What? Why are you even doing a website? I mean, like, yeah. they're not necessarily advancing the business. They're just providing the product, which is totally fine if it's a business that, already knows all those things, but most of the businesses in the small business sector do not know those things and they need someone to guide them. Yeah. So I like to be able to have um, the different partners that I can trust that they're going to take care of the client to the depth that I take care of the client.
0: Yeah. And when you refer someone to someone else, I mean, that's a big deal, right? You're putting your reputation on the line when you say, Hey, you know, I know Susie and she's great with social media that Reflects negatively on you if you send them there and they don't do a good job.
1: Right. And that has happened to me in the past. Yeah, same here. <laughs> same here. So.
0: Sometimes it's almost <laughs> to the point where I'm like, I don't refer people anymore. It's like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have one recently. It's like, ah, and I'd worked with this person for 13 years. She was great. No issues. And I send her a great, co- a great uh, project and I'm collaborating w- with her on this project with my client and just seemed like she wasn't interested in doing the work anymore. I was like, that's fine, but let me know so I can find right. somebody else. And it was I w- we were having to chase her and everything. And oh,
1: just, no. Yeah, it
0: wasn't pretty. So, And
1: that's why the marketing industry has such a bad rep. Yeah. You know, there are so many people that are overpriced and taking advantage or just not hitting deadlines and ghosting people. I mean, that's all I hear a lot of times is mm-hmm. horror stories from previous photographers or previous marketing people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, In terms of um, like businesses out there being what I call transactional, they want to sign you up for a website, get you on a monthly fee or charge you some project rate. And like like you said, not all of them, probably less than half of them are even taking the time to learn what the person's motivation is, what their background is, who their target audience is. And so I would think there's probably not a lot of competition for what you do out there because you're going so deep with these people finding, finding out what makes them tick and doing all of this uh, kind of inventory of their motivation and their target mm-hmm. audience and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think that would set, set you apart. One thing that stuck with me when I met with you the first time is you mentioned you were an empath. Um, <laughs> can you talk about that and how that relates to getting to know your clients yeah. and pulling out, pulling out from them what you need to best advise them to be most effective in their branding and their, their marketing? Yes. Oh, there's got to be a strong connection there, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, yes, I am uh, just, uh, just built to be very intuitive and very empathetic. And um, in addition to those natural giftings, I have significant amount of training um, in like kind of the counseling and therapy fields. So I did um, as a... I guess, um, hobby (laughs) I was doing, I was not getting paid for it. Uh,
0: amateur psychologist. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, a lot of coaching, a lot of group, a lot of individual. Um, I have just been the type of person who my whole life I've always had a mentor or a coach. I, I don't know why that I just was, I mean, from the age that I was 17, I had my very first mentor and Mm. I just have always found one. I have like three different coaches that I work with now, business and relational. And, um, so I think that just, wanting to grow myself as an individual and then connect with others and help others grow in those ways has, has just probably always been a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's never been anything that I've done, like I said, um, where I've gotten paid for it, but I've yeah. definitely um, spent a significant amount of my time doing that. I love it. And I've even done trainings overseas with international organizations, just helping people connect with one another and see things. Um, so, that definitely has helped me when I sit with individuals. Mm-hmm. They're coming in for a consultation and they might come to me. Maybe they refer to me for headshots or can you take my pictures? And then I heard that, I heard that you could maybe help me find a web developer too or something like that. And mm-hmm. or, or maybe they do come to me and they say, I, I need help. I think I need to create a brand or what, you know, because brand is a word that has been a little bit more of a buzzword the last three years. Um, but yeah, so to be able to do the coaching that I do with them, Mm -hmm. Um, which if we're gonna if we're gonna create a brand or we're gonna kinda update a brand and get really clear on our messaging and our goals and you know, all that kind of stuff, um, that looks like three or four Kind of coaching sessions that we do and mm-hmm. those a hundred percent of the time will turn into therapy sessions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where people are sharing and yeah. uh, and I, I just hear over and over I don't know why I' just share that with you I don't really ever share that with anyone because they feel safe and they mm-hmm. feel comfortable and they know that I'm just there to help them and to yeah. to draw out of them everything that they're they're thinking and feeling and you know organize. All of that. And, and I really, they, they know right from the beginning that I am on their team. I'm in their corner. Yeah. And um, that, that super helps. And people are always like, oh my God, I just, I learned so much about myself during this brand yeah. coaching session. <laughs> I'm like, this is, it's magic. I yeah. love it. You know, that's why I get passionate about it. And
0: do they lay down on a couch so. or anything? So, <laughs> I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. David's been in my office. I yeah. do in the back room have a sofa and some yeah. chairs. And um, I haven't had anyone lay down, but I have had some people. Yeah, lay back and, and kick their feet up and, yeah. you know, do some deep breathing and go, man, I'm really glad that I'm taking the time to sit down and think about this, you know. So.
0: Yeah. Well, your ability and your willingness to connect with people is very sincere and authentic. It's, it's obvious. I mean, five minutes in the yes. room with you and, it, you know, it's pretty obvious. So I think you're in the right space. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You know, there's no, really not a separation between like our professional and our personal lives. We try to partition those. But a lot of the, a lot of those, uh, you know, unseen Uh, problems or um, personal truths we have about ourselves don't just stay isolated in our personal lives it's it's evident in our professional lives and I see a lot of people that I try to coach too because I I like to help folks and uh, uh, one of the best uses of my 18 years of being in business and growing multiple businesses and having personal development and personal uh, professional development along the way is every rung of on the ladder of success that I climb, I always look back and I'm like, Oh, there's plenty of other people behind me. I need to take a break here, reach down and help someone else Mm -hmm. climb that ladder for themselves. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's one of the uh, most fun and rewarding things I do. Um, and the reason I brought that up is, um, helping other folks, um, get to where they want to be is I lost my train of thought there. (laughs) Um, mentoring, um, Oh yeah, right. When you do that, that was quick. Usually, yeah. it
1: takes me a lot longer. Hey, I'm I'm
0: I'm forty I'm forty three. It's only getting worse. Um, that was impressive. No, yeah, but no. The idea is when you're doing that, when you're coaching somebody and all the surface stuff, well, they're not making enough money, or they're not managing their payroll properly, mm-hmm. or they're not they're not marketing effectively, whatever it might be. You can almost always trace that back to some personal, yeah. you know, issue. Whether they they don't have the self esteem to charge in the marketplace what they're actually worth, or they don't feel that they deserve to have a um, big one for me is organization. Like I, I can't tell you how many people I know that are small business owners that are successful and have no idea what their numbers are. Like, yeah. what, well, how much gross profit did you make last month? Mm-hmm. What was your revenue over the last six months? What's your average pay? I mean, all that kind of stuff. And it almost always leads back to some type of personal, psychological self-esteem issue or right. something. You know, something that happened. Right.
1: Yeah. There is um, someone once told me there's no such thing as a business problem. They're all relationship problems. Mm hmm. So even if it's a relationship with finances, a relationship, your relationship with yourself, with time, yeah. yeah. Like if you struggle, if you you know, it's, it's interesting to think about it that way. Yeah, makes it easier to create a plan to say, okay, <laughs> if I'm struggling getting in my budget every month, then I have a, I have an, an unhealthy relationship with my budget, <laughs>
0: right? <Yeah. laughs> and my
1: finances and my thoughts around money and that kind of thing. So you know, it's
0: and a lot of people have an unhealthy relationship with themselves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Doctor Phil says you can take. The person who, who on the surface is beautiful and successful and lives in a, a beautiful neighborhood and drives a, you know, an expensive car and has a beautiful family and all that. But on the inside, they might have what he calls a personal truth that's very negative. Mm, yeah, and so yeah. we, know, we all know those people, yeah. right, unfortunately. And um, I think you probably deal with that a lot when you're you know coaching people on yeah. various aspects of their business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I have an idea that would be fun. Can okay. we do a little impromptu yeah. coach branding session with yeah. me? So yeah. w- just pretend like I'm your typical client walking in. Ask, even though we've already done this, we'll go through it again. For, uh, I, I think it'd be good for the audience to see, sure. the, see the process right? Yes. in real time. Yes. So I'm David Snyder. I have an IT company and a couple other businesses. Advise me. Ask me those quest- questions you would typically ask to get to know me to get to where we can improve my branding and my marketing. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Sorry to put you on. The so spot. we just. Oh
1: yeah. no, it's okay. fine. So we just met, or you've you've come to me because you've heard of something, some service, or you have some question.
0: Um, you were referred to me by someone who said you're really good at um, helping yeah. people enhance their marketing and their branding. So I'm okay. coming. I'm coming to you for that.
1: So, oh, you're coming to me for that.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I
1: mean, I would right off the bat just say so. Um, what are the goals that you have? What are what are the questions that you have? What's going, what's working really well for you and what's not working really well? Okay. So, so where are you at, David? Yeah. <laughs> what's up with reliable tech? Yeah. Are you it. happy with where you are in your business or are there things that you're feeling like you you want to grow in?
0: Yeah. It's good you asked that question. Um, yeah. So we're going through a transition where I have, um, I've had just myself and David Hastings has been with me for gosh, 12 years now. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, it was just a two man show and we brought a new guy in named Justin who's working out really well. And one of the challenges I'm having to face is, okay, how do I step away from that day-to-day working in the business stuff that now I've delegated to him so I can get a bigger a more, a more um, broad view on the bigger aspects of running a business, growing it, um, developing people that work on my team and so mm-hmm. forth. And so for me, one thing I had to come to the conclusion was um, when you delegate something to someone The bad news is they won't do it the way you do it. The good news is they won't do it the way you do it. And so what I learned is if I let go of those minor issues where he doesn't do it exactly the way I would, I open myself up to a new world of possibilities where he can bring new and fresh ideas to the table. Mm -hmm. He might even figure out a better way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm clinging to those little things I'm hung up on where he's not doing exactly I would, I'll miss out on mm-hmm. that, that fresh perspective or those new ideas he might bring to the business. So that's a challenge I'm having right now, particularly uh-huh. particularly coming from the lower middle class and um, not having much. This business outside of my family is my life's work. So it's hard to okay. you know let go of that. So how would you advise me to embrace more of delegating so I can – focus on bigger picture issues of growing the business, developing my people and so forth.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, delegation is the key to success in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I hear what you're saying that stepping into that delegation, finding the right people, trusting that they're going to do it in a way that maybe isn't the same as how you would do it, but it's in a way that's going to benefit the company is, is, really, really important and can be challenging for some people. It doesn't sound like it's really that challenging for you. You're able to kind of, some people will say like, let go of the control, but I like to think of it as give them their opportunity to fly, Yeah, you know, because we really that's, that's what we need to do is let people do certain aspects of our business that they are way more gifted in than we are. So I think kind of having that, That mindset shift from, okay, I'm going to have to trust someone else to do this for me to, hey, let's, let's find the right person that is going to come in and do this in a way way better that you ever did it. And you're like, God, that was such a good decision for me. I feel, I feel a load off as opposed to like a strut, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I would say, um. Have you ever done the culture index? <laughs> oh, my So I do, I know, well yeah. you happen to know him. Yeah, but yeah. it is um man, when you're talking about team actually. members yeah. and you know, especially businesses that are that have smaller amount of employees, um, really having the right people in the right places is so important. Um mm-hmm. I've worked with businesses where maybe they're family businesses and no one's getting fired, but yeah. <laughs> maybe we need to rearrange who's doing what. So-and-so yeah. has maybe done sales for 10 years and they're kind of underperforming and, you know, family members, like, I don't want them doing sales anymore and, but I can't fire them. What do I do? You know, it's, it's about having that third party that can kind of manage yeah, everyone's roles and having someone come in and use something like the culture index and, um, very quickly, in just a matter of minutes, kind of see where everyone's giftings are and then rearranging them. And, yeah. hey, you've been doing sales, but, man, you're really more inclined to be a manager or this or that. It's mm-hmm. about getting the right people, getting people in the right spaces where they can flourish that alleviates the stress. And if you still need to hire another person to do another role, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. you know. Um, so I, I think a lot of small businesses, they approach – Hiring, especially now, post-pandemic, they're approaching hiring from a place of desperation. Mm -hmm. So we are missing a lot of people in our workforce. And it's like anyone, anyone who can come help can work, you know. And, you know, and if that's the situation you're in, then that's the situation. But it's still worth having... If you don't have already those tools available to you or a background in HR or anything like that, it comes back again to delegate to the professionals, bring someone in who can on a very short-term project basis just come in and work with your culture, work with kind of your morale, make sure everyone's in the right position so that your machine is is grinding smooth. You mm-hmm. know? Culture is a big part of what I do in the in the brand, whether it is the brand coaching, whether it is a startup. Um, And there's multiple employees or it's a solopreneur and they're like, I want to hire and I want to do these things because Mm -hmm. culture isn't just the experience of everyone working in the company. It's also the experience that your customers are having with you. Mm -hmm. So your customers are experiencing you in a consistent way whether or not you are being intentional with how they're being treated, right? So think mm-hmm. of like customer service. If you're if you're just executing your business and getting great reviews, then you're sort of accidentally doing things really well.
0: <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah.
1: But um, if you sit down and, and say, hey team, I want everyone that comes in and out of this you know, experience with us as a business to have a raving review of this, this, and this. Oh, they were timely. Oh, they were proactive. Oh, they were that, you know, being intentional with what is that customer experience? What is that culture going to be like mm-hmm. in advance? Helps everyone to execute. And it's the same internally. Mm. You know, what would be, what would be the best? If, if I interviewed David and said, talk to me about working for David, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what would be the best thing that you would want him to say?
0: That's a great question. Yeah, so I find myself in more of a coaching role these days because I have a team that's, that's doing a lot of things I used to do myself. And so one thing I tell my people is when they say, um, um, well, you know, thanks for doing this or that for me or whatever, I say my success or I say your success is my success. Mm-hmm. So I take an approach of if I can just do everything I can do to provide a good example to them, to be consistent with them, um, and follow through on my obligations to them, and do right by them when I have the chance. Mm-hmm. That that's going to determine that culture, and the, they're going to be more likely to stick around. I mean, right. David Hastings, my, yeah. yeah, my David Hastings, my business IT consultant. We started on a handshake agree- agreement, in like 2010, I think. And he's still here and he's doing it. Retained him. Yeah, 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 Retention accomplished, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Accidentally, you know, but. (laughs) Yeah, and
0: so some things I tell folks are um, your success is my success. I don't Mm. use the word working for me. If you're working for me, then I'm working for you. Like there is no I'm the boss and you're, there's none of that. Now there is the expectation that, hey, I've been doing this 18 years. I know a thing or two about it. I've got a process and I ask them to follow that process unless they can come up with a better one. That's it. You know what I'm saying? There's no ego in that. And I tell them, I'm like, when I'm coaching them, I'm like, this is the, the best way that I figured out how to do it. It's very mm-hmm. possible there's a better way. And if you can show me, I'll switch instantly. Mm-hmm. But until then, let's try to cling to the proven process so our customers get a consistent well, experience. You have,
1: yeah, yeah, you have to make progress, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. so that that's a couple yeah. things too. Yeah, I so
1: advise you. I mean, that would be, in order for you to have more peace of mind that you're you're on track with delegating to David, You know, I would mm-hmm. take a deep dive on the culture and potentially look at, you know, roles and culture index and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that I did the personality profile with Mike, and it was very interesting. Um, so, so, so some things he says that came to mind when you were talking about that is the right person on the right bus in the right seat, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that stuck with me. Um, and then I also heard Dave Ramsey, who's a big in, in influence on me. He talks about how when you're uh, when you're in, when you're by yourself, when you're solo, you can kind of roll your boat in any direction you want, right? And there's different strategies to where, you know, you want to row upstream, you want to row downstream, what do you want to do? But the second you bring other people in, you have a responsibility to to row in the same direction together. And he tells people that if you row together in a wrong direction, you'll end up better off than rowing in the right direction opposite of each other. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So I think that that really stuck with me too when you were talking. You want to comment on that? Yeah.
1: And there's a really you just bring up such a good point that nowadays there are so many people starting their own business. There's so many good ideas. There's so many people that are just jumping off the cliff and building the plane on the way down. And (laughs) one of the things that I try to every, everyone though, when they, when they come to the point where they need, they can't be a solopreneur, they need to hire people and it needs to be a team. There is kind of that struggle of, you know, who do I hire first? What do I delegate? This and that. And I have a business coach who talks a lot about, you know, the difference between you being the center of your, maybe you've seen that graphic that, uh, that's like, like, it looks like a little starburst and it's like, you're in the middle and then there's all these little lines coming out.
0: I haven't. Like, tell, you're
1: the center. I'll have to find tell us it and about send it, it. To Yeah, you, just briefly. Basically, you, yeah. being the center of your own business's universe and, okay. you know, doing all the things, being pulled in all the directions, um, that's how things start out. looks like a little, you know, starburst, a little circle in the middle with all these lines mm-hmm. coming out.
0: Just a little and visualization to, of the structure yeah, of your business. Yeah, and then you,
1: yeah. what you want to transition to is like a, an extension of that, where you're no longer the center, that there's a, one of those lines comes out to another dot, which shoots out more lines, you know, and you get away from being the center of your own business. So it it doesn't all revolve around you. There's no bottleneck to you. Uh you. You don't necessarily, just because you started the company, you had the vision, you had the motivation and you had all the resources to get it off the ground. Doesn't mean that you necessarily need to stay in that leadership position. You don't necessarily need to stay the visionary. You don't necessarily need to stay the manager of people. Usually, and Michael, usually the person who has the big idea and the energy to create something amazing. Yeah. Does not need to be the person who is managing the staff. Those are two very different personalities. And so, you know, it it makes sense to someone when you tell them that they go, Oh God, that makes it, it is my company. But you're totally right. I I hate having to manage the That's not what I love, you know, and it takes kind of a seasoned small business owner to come to that place where they go, oh my gosh, I've got to delegate this. I've got to bring someone in. I think if, if people can get ahead of that a little bit earlier, it'll make, it'll prevent some of those bottlenecks. It'll prevent some of those growing pains. Um, You know what I'm saying? No,
0: it's a great point. (laughs) Um, You're diluting yourself when you're trying to wear all these hats. Now, when you're getting off the ground and you don't have a lot of re- resources beside yourself and your time yes. and your talents, you can do that. But it's not right. sustainable over the you long You also right. don't have
1: very many clients then. Right. So yeah. Yeah. as the business grows, the needs grow. Yeah. You know,
0: it's. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I like the term servant leadership. Mm. Um, I think Zig Ziglar said you can have everything you want in life if you're just willing to help enough people get what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, another, um, you, you asked me about my culture. Another term I like to use is you can't push a rope.
1: Oh goodness, yes.
0: You know you have to pull people, and how yes. do you, how do you pull people in the direct direction of success? Well, well, you set an mm. example. You're consistent. You're not a hypocrite. You follow through, and then you obviously, I reward my, my folks are rewarded based on not just their time that they spend working with the company. They they're also incentivized to sell products. They make a, a commission on that. They get profit sharing and um, other some other um, incentives too. So I always just remind myself: you can't push a rope; you got to pull people. You got to give them an example to follow and an incentive to be successful, and take an active interest in their well being too. Right?
1: Yes. Yes. So I have businesses I've worked with where I've brought in Mike to do the culture index, and he has, you know, said to me point blank that ship is going to sink if we don't get a leader in place Yeah, because the person who's in the leadership role should not be in the lead. Like they're wonderful, but they there's literally no one driving that ship, you know? And the other thing that I see a lot is the morale. Like you're talking about, how do you push a rope? Um, I have, I had a nonprofit I worked with where they were all quite familiar with the Enneagram and I have extensive training in the Enneagram and experience with that. And, um, We looked at everyone. They had already done the test. We looked at everyone's profiles. And I mean, we had two (laughs) branding sessions that, you know, weren't originally scheduled brand coaching session, but it was really, it was about their internal, I mean, it was so important for this nonprofit. It was about their internal culture and everyone feeling appreciated. So as humans, our most fundamental need is to feel understood. Yeah. We just want to be understood. And then we want to be loved. Right. But empathize with appreciated. Nonprofits are just notorious. Smaller nonprofits are just notorious for just overworking their volunteers or their staff. I mean, there's more work that needs to be done than there's people to make it happen. And we are capable of doing this. We are capable of showing up and just busting our asses and doing what we need and just grinding it. Right. But Mm -hmm. we are also human and we wear out. And it is proven that we wear out much sooner if we do not feel like our exhaustive energies are being appreciated, if we're not being seen. And so it was very important that the staff of this nonprofit feel appreciated. And so we did a deep dive on their Enneagram And um, had a session about it and talked about, okay, you know, what is it that makes you feel appreciated? What it is that makes you feel... And I know that's, like, really soft and gushy, but it was really important. And the leader of the nonprofit, who is an incredible human being, was just wired different. And she was like, oh... I, I can tell you every day what you're, I, I'm happy to verbalize to you. I'm, I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am. So yeah. all she had to do was start saying a couple times a day, thank you so much. <laughs> it just relieves my stress. And then that employee was like, I'll be here early tomorrow. You know, so yeah. it, it's about, you said, how do you, how, how do you push that rope? How do you make someone do, I, I really think it's more about appreciating them. And inviting them to grow into their giftings, Mm -hmm. which is why it's so important to understand what our skill sets are.
0: Yeah. Meeting them where they're at. Uh, Mike Hall mentioned uh, not not everybody wants the same type of um, reward or praise or recognition. And he mentioned a client he worked with. They brought her up on stage at this big event they all have for the company And gave her this award and she was horrified because Uh, she doesn't like to, she'd rather be recognized as part of a team, a mm, team player. And when they thought they were doing something nice for her and it, it, she was terrified, right? Because that's just not her way of getting recognized. It's not her way of, she wasn't, you know, so you have to take the time and put the effort in to learn what makes each person tick. And that's where empathy and, and compassion and, uh, come in, uh, so significantly there. Yes. couple, um, notes I made here. um, You find yourself managing egos and personalities a lot, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it's not necessarily, like you said, the leader of this nonprofit, wonderful human being, just not a good manager of people. It's no reflection on your character, your integrity, you're a good person, but you got to break through that, right? Right. And communicate to that person, you know, especially in a nonprofit setting, the whole point should be to help do good and promote the purpose, the cause, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you can make the argument, you can, you're not doing that as effectively as you could. You're not helping yeah. as many people as you could if you're not having the right people in the right positions right. to make that happen. Or you're
1: having constant turnover, right. which we see in a lot of small nonprofits that are overworking their employees. Mm-hmm. You know, under There's, Overworking and underappreciating. I'm going to be consistent with what I said earlier. Uh, yeah. Most of them are overworked, but we, we have problems when they're underappreciated.
0: At least once a week, I call my guys that work with me and I say, hey, man, I just wanted to thank you for this job that you did. I appreciate you. You'd be surprised how far that goes. <laughs> oh,
1: my goodness. A 30 Words second, of encouragement pretty much works with everyone. But if you were in a pinch, call. you know, the if you were having morale, the culture index and Enneagram and things like that, just they're tools. They're tools that, you know, businesses use and they can they can really revive yeah, you know, a company. So
0: yeah, I want to come back to the Enneagram because, yeah. because I'm interested. I'm interested in that, and uh, you're obviously very, very, experienced in that. So I have some questions for you. One thing my mentor told me was um, back when, when he was before he was retired and sold his business, he was working like 90 hours a week, and I was like, Why would you work so much? And he said, Well, I never wanted to do ask my employees to do something I wasn't willing to do, and that really that really stuck with me, you know, because he was asking his executives and his leadership team and all those folks to. You know, sometimes come in 60, 78 hours a week to meet a deadline or wherever it might be, and he's like, "I couldn't live with myself oh, okay. if I wasn't willing okay. to set the example." You know, of hey, I'm asking you to do this, I'm willing to do the same. So yeah. I thought, I thought that was worth mentioning. And
1: I'm, I'm immediately going red flag, red flag. That's we need to hire more people.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, talk about that.
1: Talk about that seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a lot of hours in one week. That's right. and you it's know, unsustainable. It's unsustainable, and it it could be very easily argued that that's not going to be healthy for everyone on your team now Mm -hmm. that might be fine for one person one person might be voluntarily spending 90 hours at the office or
0: short burst but you can't sustain it over the long term
1: it's not it's not sustainable and it's not for everyone yeah and you you know if you want to have a healthy culture you've got to really consider the work time balance yeah the work-life balance is extremely extremely important
0: He took it so seriously, they had a Christmas party every year for the employees, and towards the end, they had thousands of employees, and the one thing people walked up and asked him about every year is, are you going to sing and play your guitar with the band? And so he took that seriously. He didn't know how to sing. He didn't know how to play guitar. He went to the pawn shop and got the cheapest guitar he could get, bought a cord to plug into it, and just ran it around back so people wouldn't see it. He wasn't even plugged in. Oh. But but he would spend time preparing for each year's Christmas party oh. performance. He'd actually practice with the band, learn how to lip sync the songs and everything. And so.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought that was That's really, amazing. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he, I mean, he, he can tell this person has a big heart for... His employees and the culture that they have.
0: He gave me so many great examples. He said one time a guy came in, it was an optometry practice with a pair of glasses that they don't sell. And he had obviously like smashed with a hammer or something, right? So, you know what he did? He brought the guy in, gave him a free eye exam and replaced his glasses for free. And I said, why did you do that? And he said, because that eye exam and those glasses cost me about $75. And I just bought tens of thousands of dollars worth of priceless advertising that I couldn't go and purchase if I wanted to on some radio station mm-hmm. or on some TV channel mm-hmm. because that, guy, that guy's going to be a lifelong customer of mine now, right. and he's going to go tell everybody he knows how you know how Jerry took care of him. So right. I thought that was really good. One other thing, um, Dove in the Enneagram, Dave Ramsey's a big influence of mine. I mentioned that earlier. He said he took that, and then he came home, and he showed the results to his wife, and she said, "This is what's wrong with you. I've been uh, trying to tell you this for 25 years, uh, and now I have pr- on paper proof of what's wrong with you." I thought that was really funny. I,
1: I will. I will say yes. It is uh it experience of mine personally, and in working with other people, is that you need to hear the truth about yourself from someone other than your significant other. Right? Isn't
0: that funny? It is. Uh, you, you could sit there and tell not. your you could tell your significant other the same thing every day for a year, but. but You know, there's the dynamic of a relationship, right? You're used to being criticized by them or tweaked by them. But if one person walks in the neighbor or something, points out the exact same thing, they're like, oh, I've been trying to tell you that for a year. But that's a great point, right? Yeah. Yeah. and
1: Well, and it has a lot to do with the way the information is coming at you,
0: the way it's delivered. The packaging.
1: But it also has a lot to do with your willingness to hear it. Now, Mm. someone who's going to take the Enneagram or the disc or something, they're in a place to learn something new about themselves they're Mm -hmm. in a place to be a little bit vulnerable here's some things they already know here's some things maybe they don't know maybe they're gonna agree maybe they're gonna want to process it but they've 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 set themselves up mentally for self-reflection and Mm self-learning that's totally different than when you walk into the kitchen and your spouse is like blah 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 (laughs) you know (laughs) that's not what you were planning for that day you know (laughs) yeah Uh, and And we are creatures of habit and we're gonna have habits and behaviors that you know spring from our childhood or just like little fickle things that we've picked up over time Mm -hmm. that we probably could lose if we were intentional about it Um, but it is uh it is definitely worth being on that journey of growth and understanding where they come from and again when you take the time to do one of those tests you're you're in the space to understand why why do i do what i do Mm -hmm. otherwise there's no So what? This is what I do. I don't need to change what I do. You can't make
0: personal (laughs) or professional growth and development without acknowledging the why behind why you're doing what you're doing or not doing what you're not doing that you should be doing. Yeah. People Um, who
1: want to grow, grow. And people who don't want to grow, don't. And they make life hard for those around them. It's very selfish.
0: And one of the toughest things about marriage for me personally is like when you have a best friend or you have a colleague at work, you can go home and get away from them, right? <laughs> but when you're married, that person's always there and they're constantly reflecting reflecting you back to yourself and that that can kind of get lost into just oh it's a steady dose of it and i just can't you know what i'm saying i can only process so much of it that's one of the major challenges i've had with being married um
1: well and that's where it circles back to empathy right so this example you gave with this husband and wife so she's like oh it's on paper it's what i've been telling you for years and so maybe it was kind of a point of frustration for her but then after he gets his enneagram results and she's able to read it and go oh that's where it comes from Mm -hmm. she's now understanding the why so then she's able to be more empathetic and more compassionate and more patient and have more grace and say okay well now that i understand your intention right mm-hmm. you're not in, you're not intentionally um like let's just like take a, it let's just to, take yeah. a chore let's take like taking out the garbage or doing the dishes right like kind yeah. of stuff that a lot of times couples will be like you can see it why didn't you do it like you're waiting for me to do it right like yeah. <laughs> kind of that that negative cycle that we get stuck in right so yeah. if you found out that you're, like, if you if you found out after 10 years of marriage that your spouse is, like, super ADD, you'd be like, oh. That
0: explains a lot. It's
1: not that you're not loving me yeah. by doing this act of service, which is my love language.
0: Same with It's my that
1: wife. You, yeah. you did think about it, and then you totally forgot a half a second later. Like, you would suddenly understand that person more, and then you wouldn't be so hurt by their actions, and mm. then they know, oh, that's why I can never complete the projects that I'm starting on. And then they can work on that. I mean, knowledge is... I don't want to say knowledge is everything because you without action yeah knowledge is pointless but it is it is power and it is for people to take the time to look at themselves and understand why they do what they do and to want to grow and improve especially if you're in a you know household partner situation yeah <laughs> you've got to be growing in partnership not growing in individuals or it won't last
0: yeah I'm a big fan of physics and uh, Marie Curie Helped discover radium, died of radiation poisoning as a result of it. Oh my God! But she won two Nobel prizes, uh, one in chemistry and I think one in physics. And she said, um, "There is nothing in this world to be feared, only to be understood. Only to be understood, Mm -hmm. we we should strive to understand more so we can fear less." And when you mentioned that, when you said someone understands the mechanics of why you're doing something it's much easier to process it so i did that came up when you mentioned the power of understanding i wanted to mention that yeah can you talk about the enneagram for those who don't know about it just give us a just a quick you know rundown on how it works and the benefit of it and so forth oh
1: my goodness yes so the enneagram is a very very powerful tool looking at kind of why you do what you do what are some of your behavioral patterns what makes you tick why are you more inclined this way than that way um most of the time when people take it, they, they know a lot of some things about themselves, but the goal is to learn something, right? So if, if you're, I, I usually, I always recommend that people take the $10 test as opposed to the free test. So there's nine different personality styles and where these nine come from, it depends, you know, it depends on where you are in your, in your faith and where you, there's a bunch of different books. So there's going to be religious books, there's going to be secular books, there's going to be different. Um, ways to approach where these nine personality styles come from but mm-hmm. they're very very clearly organized um, and labeled and they have different names and you know depending on how you look at them but they're pretty consistent in what the different styles are mm-hmm. um, the test that i like for people to use is weps which is com. and most of the time because i think this was pretty heavily trending like five years ago mm-hmm. people would do the free tests and it would tell them their single most dominant style so one out of nine it's going to tell you your most dominant style so you, you know.
0: Oh, it's a scale of one
1: 98% to nine. of time you're using style seven or you're using style four. Does that make sense? Is
0: there nine total styles? There's nine total okay. styles,
1: yes. Um, but I really love the $10 web test because what it does is it, it gives you your percentage of all of the nine styles. Mm-hmm. So f- like for me, I score really highly in several of the styles. Mm-hmm. Now I have one that's like 99 point nine percent but i have have a bunch that are like 98 96 and those all still matter because we are dynamic so one thing's i love about the enneagram is that it's not putting you in a box at all it's not saying oh you're a style seven and you know there's a name for that and then this is you always don't use you know use this as a crutch use this as an excuse well i'm not that way because i'm a this you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's really meant to be more used as a tool by way of like checking maybe like checking your blood pressure like where are we at today And then you say, okay, well, here's some of my strengths. Here are some of my weaknesses. Um, If I want to grow, here's – if I want to grow in this area, here's what I can do to intentionally grow in this area. Mm -hmm. So, for example, someone who may really struggle with being Mm non-confrontational and that's really a problem in their marriage or really a problem in their workplace, Um, they can sort of know this about themselves but then not really know, what do I – where do I even begin, like, Mm -hmm. to work on myself? without having to necessarily pay a therapist or this or that, you know, and there's a ton, a ton of research out there that says, Hey, if you want to improve on this, you know, do these things and work about this. And so, yeah, I I love, I love the Enneagram, but I other the thing that I love about the $10 um, test is that it, and there's more expensive ones that'll go into even more detail, but I think this is enough information is Mm -hmm. that not only does it give you your scorings in all nine styles, but it tells your, your, you your resourcefulness and non-resourcefulness. Hmm. So if you think about it, kind of as like nine, you have a do you have a tool belt with nine tools? You got your hammer, you got your pliers, you got your wrench, right? Um, most of the time, we're pretty good at pulling out our measuring tape when we need to measure something, as opposed to pulling out our hammer. Right. We pretty we know we mm-hmm. know what tool is needed, you know. But the but the resourcefulness and non-resourcefulness is like okay, when you need to pull out that hammer and hit that nail. What's the what's the likelihood you're going to hit the nail? What's the likelihood you're going to smash your thumb? Mm-hmm. Right. So, what's your resourcefulness and non-resourcefulness and yeah,
0: competency, so to speak? Or yes, yeah.
1: yes. Um, or just where do you go? Another really kind of the way that they put it is where do you go when you're stressed? When you're when you're a healthy, like i am am a I'm a seven, which is the enthusiast. I'm the passionate. Yeah, I wanted you to talk <laughs> the about the visionary. That. You know, that's my highest number. Um, okay. And a very healthy seven can cast a vision. Very clearly. I can see it very clearly and I can communicate it very clearly and it makes sense to people and they jump on board. Mm -hmm. Um, A non-healthy seven only wants to feel good feelings and if there is conflict, I completely avoid.
0: Mm. We know know those people. (laughs) So,
1: (laughs) yeah. You know, it's like, I I don't want to feel paid, so it will just go a totally different direction rather than having to deal with whatever the issue is at work with the client or the customer. There's total avoidance and let's just create a new vision, which can be a problem if I have a team of people that I'm trying to lead. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that kind of a helpful example? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned the seven is your strong suit and that means you're visionary and you can communicate things well to people.
1: Mm -hmm. You you mind sharing some of your weaknesses? Yeah. So, um, I'm also very high in the number one, which is the kind of organized, Um, sometimes they call it like the good person or the perfectionist. I'm definitely not, I'm not the firstborn in my family. So I would never describe myself as like needing to please in that kind of way. But when it comes to my own internal integrity, I hold myself to a very high standard. Um, there's no half fasting it in my world, mm. and so that's a really good thing at times. And other times, if I'm a non, if I'm in my non-resourceful one, so if I'm getting overwhelmed and I'm getting really stressed, then I will, um, again, kind of revert to that avoiding. So, and that mm. actually showed up in my culture index as well, where he Mike said, when you get overwhelmed, you get stuck, mm. you don't know which decision to make. And I was like, yes, when I'm super stressed and I'm super overwhelmed, that that can be a thing. Or my one can come off really rigid in a communication way. I can mm. I can come across as very black and white. Really? Like
0: abrasive or just more... No, oh, not
1: like... Um, just
0: more cerebral or...
1: Yeah, not aggressive or anything. Okay. Just yeah. very black and white. Mm-hmm. This is the way it needs to be.
0: Some things are black and white, and right? Some yeah.
1: things are, yes. But I I love gray. I'm a friend of gray. <laughs> I'm good. I'm flexible. Yeah. But when I'm stressed, I don't sound that way at all. It's mm-hmm. a way that my communication changes. Um, so that's kind of an example of how something that is very beneficial can become a problem when you're stressed. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, very resourceful. I have like a 98% resourcefulness in my one and I have like a 97% non resourcefulness in my one. So yeah. I could swing, you know, both sides and then. So yeah. what did
0: you, what did you learn from that? And what changes were you able to make? Because you under, uh, you understood yourself in a new light after yes. having taken that.
1: Yes. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So it, you know, it's coming back to that personal, you know, space I took the Enneagram um, because I had a friend, a girlfriend, so it was completely non-work related, um, who was uh, going through a lot of hard stuff, had to um, just immediately move out of her home. There was an issue. There was stuff with family members. There was an unexpected pregnancy. There were all the things. Mm. And um, my personality was to just drop everything and jump in and just say, what can I do? You know, mm. come over there, clean the house, pack the boxes, whatever we need to do. And she had asked me, she said, okay, I just need someone to think for me. And I was like, I'm really good at plans." Okay, here we <laughs> yeah. go. Here's what we're going to do. When do we have to move? We're going to work it backwards, reverse engineer this. I'm going to come pack I'm help clean, you know, and I was just helping. She had asked me to be project manager. I jumped right in and was project managing and was helping. Mm. But I wasn't meeting her in an empathetic space.
0: Mm. You were tactical and not relational in that. And now, granted,
1: she had asked me to be tactical, but she also needed her girlfriend to Mm -hmm. be relational. And I mean, oh my gosh, this was like 10 years ago. Mm. Um, And I just remember her being overwhelmed and saying, you're just, you're just, you're too much for me right now. Cause Mm -hmm. she had ended up getting overwhelmed and, and needing just some downtime. And I was there executing the plan (laughs) Mm -hmm. and not necessarily hearing that she needed a day off and she was feeling overwhelmed. And she really just needed me to be a girlfriend and sit with her and Mm -hmm. cry and this or that or the other. And, um and I just remember her saying that to me and me being so crushed and being like, what do you mean? I'm too much. I'm doing, you know, and then the more we talked and it was a loving, you know, it, my, my seven, which was, you know, move forward, cast, you know, cast the vision, push forward, get it done, get it done, doesn't always have the ability to be present. Mm-hmm. The, the seven is always thinking about the future, right? Planning new trips, planning new things, but then not necessarily being present with your family in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was... Um, I had heard about the enneagram. I knew people that were taking it. And I had been like, I don't, I don't want to take it. I don't want to be put in a box, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I loved it. And I and so that was really where it came from for me was um, I was able to be very, very intentional to if someone came to me because I was just kind of getting into that sort of counseling space where instead of them telling me, oh, this horrible thing has happened in my life, and me immediately jumping to but here's the here's the silver linings. Yeah. Be happy about this. Yeah. I had to learn to just go, man. That just
0: sucks. Put yourself in their shoes. So
1: the yeah. empathy that has ended up being such a strong pillar to my company and the success that I have in helping other businesses and other people is a, actually a fruit of some deep work that I did nice. for myself through the Enneagram. So
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Self discovery should be a lifelong process, right? I remember uh, Sir Isaac New- Newton, after he gave us the um, theory of gravity, which changed science forever in physics, and then he gave us calculus because the, <laughs> the math to explain his theory of gravity didn't exist. Mm. So, oh, by the way, he created calculus to explain it mathematically. And later on in his life, he said, I've been like a boy standing on the um, beach uh, looking at th- this or that shell or this or that pebble, looking for a nicer or smoother one all the while the great ocean of truth lied before me undiscovered. Wow. And if Isaac Newton can say, wow, I've been immature after all of his accomplishments, and he realized, hey, the, the great ocean of truth lie before me undiscovered, um, wow, well, if he can say that, certainly we can... Uh, try to learn some more things about ourselves and make some development, some growth. Um, that was a great conversation. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sorry, my um, stories are so long. No, no, this is what we want. <laughs> Th- this is compelling. People should enjoy this. <laughs> I want to circle back to a couple of things here um, real quick. Um, so it's coral boot with willow tree imaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you get your foot in the door with these clients because they need a headshot. They might need some photography done at their mm-hmm. at their office for their employees mm-hmm. or if they're having an event. Um, but you also have Urban Bird and Company, and it's a shared workspace. Do you want to talk about that briefly?
1: Yeah. So that's a, a, a private co-working space, which I think people are becoming more and more aware of. Um, again, it just came out of my own necessity for an office. <laughs> I had an office downtown in Louisville for a couple years and then we left there and we were looking for another space and um, a friend and I were sharing a space at Millwood Art Center. We were on the perimeter, we had a big window it was wonderful and then we decided that we our schedules were going to start overlapping and we were going to start being there at the same time and we said "Well, let's get a bigger space make it make it a multi desk space get a couple other people involved that way we can you know cover the cost and now m- many people share an office and um, that's really how it started um, the idea was really for me to just kind of break even and <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and, uh it, it's it, it's a wonderful space I love having an office to go to. It's for, it's really for the people who kind of need to go to the gym to work out versus like your people who work from home. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, we've been doing this for, oh my gosh, six or seven years now before the pandemic, before Mm -hmm. the shutdown. And, um, there, so, of course, everyone, you know, went home, worked from home virtual and was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then, you know, we're seeing people be like, I'm ready to get out of this house. And yeah. and the scene is different. There's a lot of companies have shut down. There's not as many places for people to go and work remote. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's super cool. Um, it's a uh, two-room space. The front is... Organize like a gallery, and there's multiple desks, and you can kind of come in and sit wherever you want. And then there's a back office that is a meeting room that is accessible to any of the members. So we keep it small. I like to keep it at a max six members. Um, We're very supportive and networking Mm -hmm. with each other and other people. Um, But it is at a fantastic location. It's at Melwood Arts Center, and they have events. Oh, my goodness. At least twice a month, there are thousands of people crawling all over the art center. And yeah. um, we have a fantastic spot. So we open the double doors and people come in and they want to look at the arts and they say, oh, what's a co-working space? And we kind of explain that we're just a remote office for people mm-hmm. and um, we've got business cards there. And, but I am the only space that offers advertising for my members. So, I mean, one of the biggest draws for a business owner or a business representative would be. Uh, the business address Mm -hmm. because a lot of the other co-working spaces in town they don't offer the business address. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of them do but they don't offer marketing so we have a website with marketing we have marketing in the hallway Um, so we're kind of and we tend to kind of be a hub so I'm always looking for someone to join because I always have people leaving so we've had a lot of startups come in and then they get to the point where they need to start hiring and they need their own space and I'm like go baby bird you know (laughs) and then I'm looking for someone else to join the space so It's a very sweet kind of collaborative, small community that we have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the people who join your workspace, you're promoting them.
1: Absolutely. There's
0: um, documentation on the outside of the, um, I guess, the glass window. Yeah talks about each per- person mm-hmm. and what they do and their strengths and yeah. so forth. So yeah. you're not just getting a workspace. You're also getting kind of co-branding yeah. and co-promotion. You're yeah. pulling resources together, right. collaborating with each other right. and so forth.
1: And a ton of exposure you wouldn't be getting if you were still working from home. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can
0: vouch for it personally because I went there, had a great session with you. We sat in that back room and you yeah. kind of interviewed interviewed <laughs> me and we talked about lot, lots of different things. And you got to know me as a person, as a business owner. It was really uh, really uh, eye-opening and interesting and I, you were gracious with your time so I wanted to give you a testimonial oh, on that you. you guys owe it to yourselves to go to Urban Birding Company um, shared workspace and that's in the Millwood Arts Center there's a ton of diversity there you'll find leather making businesses mm-hmm. and restaurants and shared works and all kinds of other yeah. stuff and like you said it's very active you owe it to yourself yeah. to go check that out um, and I, I used to do th- some creative work in photography and graphic design, uh, some video stuff. And uh, I can tell you it's important to have not just a photographer, it's important to have someone who le- can learn about you and not just give you this transactional one off okay, here's your headshot, I'll see you in two years. Right. Coral's gonna take the time to learn about you. Learn what makes you tick and advise advise you on not just your headshot, but also your, I'm assuming your promotional materials like brochures yeah, and your yeah. website, social media, all that kind of thing. So
1: make it all consistent
0: yep. and so, attractive.
1: That's the whole point of it is we need to be attracting your clients to you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I vouch for Coral. <laughs> um, I've been to the shared workspace She's read my mail, so to speak, when we were there. <laughs> um, give us uh, um, how people can interact with you. Phone number, social media. How, how do you want p- people to contact you to learn more about your business?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, they can text me. They can call me. Okay. 502-612-9286. Is
0: that the best way to interact with you? You want to get an email address Yeah, or a email. Coral
1: at willowtreeimaging.com. Okay. Um, uh, you can also go to the website, willowtreeimaging.com. Primarily, what you're going to find on the website right now is examples of photography. Um, cause I, the, when I did that site a few years ago, I positioned myself to try to find some web development partners and I, um, didn't want to put a whole lot out there about the brand and stuff because, um, I didn't want anyone who's in a true kind of marketing space to think that I was a competitor in reality. I'm not, I'm looking for partners. And so primarily when you get on there, you're going to see a bunch of photography examples. Um, I'm working on a rebrand for myself. of a company that's helping me. So I help people. I need someone to help me to kind of get that. Now that I have some good solid, you know, web developer and marketing partners, um, I can really kind of put, lead with what I do the most, which really ends up being more of like the brand coaching and this guiding and all that. Um, So yeah, willowtreeimaging.com. You can message me through the website or email me or call or text me. And then the, if you're interested in the office space, it's urbanbirdandcompany.com.
0: Perfect. And how do you spell your first name?
1: Coral. C-O-R-A-L. C-O-R-A-L.
0: So that's Coral, C-O-R-A-L at willowtreeimaging.com. They that's can right. email you. They can go to the website, willowtreeimaging.com yeah. and also urbanbirdandcompany.com mm-hmm. and give them that phone number one more time. 502-612-9286.
1: Two,
0: two, Perfect radio cadence. <laughs> I like that. I learned from Vicki. Oh, Vic, Vicky Rogers <laughs> Our mutual
1: is, friend. Yeah. Absolutely. She's great.
0: So um, I wanted to say something briefly. Um, you know... I tell people a very um, small percentage of the population wants to hear the truth, probably less than 10%. Mm -hmm. And then I tell people of that 10%, probably half of those people are equipped to actually process and do something with the truth. So we talked Mm -hmm. a lot about self-discovery and personal development and all that. So I I tell people to keep in mind, meet people where they're at. Yeah. Um, That's the key. Yeah, meet people where they're at. If you just bludgeon them across the face with the truth, even if it's right, it's not going to be effective. You're going to push people away. You're not going to accomplish your goal. And so um, I've had to learn that the hard way. I used to be the guy with the chip on my shoulder telling everybody what was wrong with them. I'm like, wait wait a minute, what's wrong with me, right? And how can I better package and deliver this in a way that's going to be received and processed as opposed to resisted? Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there.
1: It's very good advice. Thank you. You summed a lot of stuff up that I that took me a lot more time to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did, the,
0: you did the same for me. I, I always tell people I've got more to learn from you than you could ever learn from me. So, and I mean that. But um, I have three questions for you. Yes. Um, this segment of three questions is brought to you by our nonprofit See Good to Be Good, which aims to act as a source of hope, motivation, and inspiration to help folks achieve their dreams. We're currently accepting donations to help fund our needs-based scholarship to help a young person pay for their education in the arts. If you'd like to help us with that, please let us know. Question number one. Why are you successful?
1: I mean, the first thing that pops in my head is delegation. Okay. I truly believe that that has been the... Key to the longevity of my success.
0: Focusing on what you're best at, outsourcing the rest, and being, yes. being efficient.
1: But before you get to that point where you need to delegate, I think the success comes from knowing your lane.
0: Okay. Stay in your lane. Yeah.
1: Knowing what you're good at, knowing what your giftings are, and leaning into those those giftings. Yeah. yeah. The passion comes natural.
0: I like that. Why are you happy?
1: Why am I happy? Yeah. Because I help people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing the positive ripple effect of anything that I can do to help a business. Is there anything
0: more rewarding than that? Just seeing people make changes and.
1: I'm so relational and I'm so sentimental and I just love spending time with people and for it to be quality and equally beneficial that, I mean, there's not much that's going to fill, that's going to not fill my cup up. It doesn't take much to fill my cup up in that capacity. If we're having a really quality interaction and I know that we're both you know, being bettered for that. I yeah. That's what, what else is life about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've
0: got two thoughts on that. The first one is I love helping people. I want, I, I want the next, next chapter of my life to, to be more about what I did to help other people than what, what I accomplished. And, uh, we're a Jewish family. My wife and my son are Jewish. And, uh, we listened to the rabbi at Hanukkah last year. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, In Jewish tradition, Hanukkah is described as the festival of lights. Light's a big theme in in Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. And the rabbi said last year, as he was lighting the menorah, he said, when you have a flame lit inside yourself, Mm -hmm. it doesn't cost you anything to take your flame and light someone else's flame. It doesn't cost you anything at all. And so for me, every every time I figure something out or accomplish something that's rewarding, that light bulb turns on. Mm -hmm. And the next best thing to turn your own light bulb on is helping people achieve, turning their life, you know, seeing that light bulb turn on for them.
1: That's what I was going to say is yeah. I sit with so many people who are just at that place of exhaustion and their light has gone out mm-hmm. and we can turn that back on. Yeah. I and love w- that.
0: And when people um, tell me thanks for doing nice things for them, I say, well, I do it for selfish reasons because it makes me feel good. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sincere in that. Um, final question. What obligation do you feel to help other people?
1: Um. I wouldn't describe it as an obligation. It's I think it's just an extension of who I am and it is a privilege. it is it is yeah. my greatest joy. Um, I just I love I love helping people. I'm very you know sacrificial. Um, I love to bend over backwards, rearrange my day for people that I care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know that it's an obligation. It's just uh, it's just a part of who I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah Nice um marcus aurelius said when you arise in the morning think of what a privilege it is to be alive to think to enjoy and to love Mm -hmm. that's pretty profound i mean
1: think about it everything in your life could be on fire but you could have an hour with a good friend connecting Mm -hmm. and just be like you know what it's okay it's okay that, you know, I mean, you may have seen the meme where the little cartoons, like it's like a dog sitting on like a sofa or something and literally his entire home is on fire mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm okay.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's
1: possible. <laughs> yeah. There's so much that we cannot control. There is so much. I mean, we learned that as a planet. We learned that a few years ago. We, mm-hmm. we, we have very little control over a lot of what's going on around us and yeah. it really has to not to be cheesy. I don't think it all has to come from within. Mm-hmm. I think that we are made to be, you know, relational. We need to be understood, and we need to love and be loved. But it doesn't doesn't take much to do that. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people can survive just them and their dog.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't take your money and it doesn't take yeah. your resources to just sit next to somebody somebody and give them a hug or say, hey, how how are you doing? Yeah. How was your day today? What, right. what can I do to make right. put a smile on your face? It doesn't take right.
1: much. Yeah. I one of my um, business coaches. She helped me with a. Uh, She did an exercise with me that I'll share with you that's kind of in this vein. I, as a single mom, have a nonstop to-do list. Mm. I have a nonstop. I mean, we are all that way, right? Mm -hmm. It's not That's not unique to me. But I have a nonstop to-do list with work, with home, with kids, with personal, right? I have things that I want to do. I want to read some books. I want to do some crafts. Those never happen, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And she did an exercise with me where she got a piece of paper and she turned it horizontally and she drew three columns and she labeled them personal relationships and work and she had me write down just brain dump what do I need to feel content in these areas of my life Hmm. and that was so powerful for me because I realized you know when I did the relationship column if I think about my kids we just need to be cuddling at least twice a week Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah. Now I have a to-do list that is buy these things, go to these games, do this, do this, do this, do this, you know, get the food, help them make their lunches, all that kind of stuff. But amidst all that chaos and amidst all, you know, feeling like maybe I'm, I'm behind and I can't keep up, truly what makes me feel like I'm showing up in the way that I'm, I'm happy with, it makes me feel content is these couple of things. And the same thing with my friends or mm-hmm. with my family or with my business. What is it that's going to make me feel content Amidst the never-ending list, mm. right, and I, that's just been something that's really helped me to be happy and content in the present, even when we're such an action item, check the box, you know, oriented society.
0: Mm, that's powerful. <laughs> um, when you were c- commenting on that, I was thinking um, when my wife and I had our first and only child, our, our son, um, we we looked at ourselves many times and said, "How do single mothers do this?" <laughs> We have each other. We only have one child, and this is brutal. Um, and we came to the conclusion that the strongest force in the universe is a single mother. Um, <laughs> they're doing everything. Like you said, the list of things that they want to do, do is at the bottom of the list and, and hardly ever gets addressed. It reminded me of when Kevin Durant won the MVP of the NBA. Did you ever see that speech?
1: Mm, no.
0: I highly that. recommend everybody look at that. He went on. Eat- <laughs> He got, he got Drop the, the
1: link in the comments, David.
0: I will do that. Make
1: it easy for everyone.
0: He got up on stage, accepted the trophy, and he went on a list of about 10 things that his mother did for him and his siblings. Mm-hmm. And he said, you went to bed at night most of the nights because, hungry because there was, there was only enough food to feed us. Mm-hmm. And he said, you worked three or four jobs and you never complained. And he just went on this list. And he, um, I, it's hard for me to get through it. And he pointed to her he and he said. said, you're the real MVP. And she was in the audience and it was just so profound and and meaningful. Yeah. So
1: I'm going to, I'm going to send this link to my kids and be like, just get ready for this. That's right. You owe me this Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) at some point. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's all about that appreciation and my kids are, my kids are bigger now. They're 13 to 15 and every once in a while I get a message or a hug that just says, Thanks for thanks for doing wow. so much you know the other wow. day i had to run around and find a uniform that was missing and get it up there before the game blah, 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 you know and she's my daughter sent a message and said i really appreciate how hard you're working to make this happen for me
0: yeah like, oh. so yeah, it makes it all worth it, it right? yeah it does yeah, yeah.
1: I, will, I will i would do it again baby i'd do it again
0: absolutely <laughs> yeah if you would like to be a guest on our show or you would like help creating and or distributing your own podcast content please contact us for more information I'd like to take a moment to thank the talented people that work behind the scenes to make this uh, podcast happen. There's the effervescent producer, David Snyder, running audio and video. Thank you. The intrepid David Snyder, casting and scripting the show. Thank you very much. And finally, the brilliant and gifted David Snyder, editing and distributing the show online. That's a fine group of folks there. I know I'm kind of partial and biased uh, towards them, but I'd like to thank them for their contributions
1: i want you to add in like little sounds like i think oh okay. you, your humor is so dry and yeah. i love it i i think we need to start do like a radio show and add in like some funny little sounds i like, like it <laughs> yeah. maybe
0: even some sarcastic stuff or, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: A, a cheering crowd that's know? a great that's, yeah. a, that's a great
0: idea um we're gonna do a show um the next episode it as we're going to turn the tables here, so to speak. Coral's going to host the Respect the Math podcast, and she's going to interview me, and we're going to learn all about who is digital David Snyder? That's right. Yes. So, he yeah. didn't,
1: he didn't include that in my interview today, but I, yes. did, I did a little review of his podcast and that was the first thing I said. And I, a, I gave it to you gently. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a yeah. great
0: idea and we're going to do it. So look out for that soon. Cor- <laughs> Coral will be back and um, I'll be in the hot seat next mm-hmm. time. So again, thank you to Coral Abud for being here. She's with Willow Tree Imaging uh, and Urban Bird and Company. Please contact her, reach out to her, uh, she has some wonderful products I can vouch for her personally. Uh, give her your, t- your time. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Uh, but I'd like to thank the listeners and our sponsors for making the podcast possible and hopefully successful. And we'll see you real soon on a future episode of the Respect to Math podcast.